Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Welcome to episode four of the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm Jeff West, and I'm coming at you live from lovely St. Clair Shores, Michigan. And it is lovely, really. We're getting ready to head into some heat, but it's lovely. 80 degrees, wonderful, great weather. I love Michigan. I even love it in the winter, even with the wind. Wind's the only thing that I don't love. But um, I get over it. I like snow. I like the the activities in the snow. Except as I'm getting older, I'm finding that um, clearing snow, even with the snowblower, that's not. It's becoming less attractive. So this podcast, I wanted to uh, first plug my blog that I started when. As a part of my educational technology master's, um, they wanted us to get an online presence and, uh, you know, share. It's a great idea. And so I started a WordPress free blog. Um, I believe I've been doing that for a little over a year. I try to stay somewhere around two weeks, but this summer uh, I slipped into a couple of three or four week hiatuses. Uh, But when I came back, I usually, you know, hit it with a couple of posts. So I wanted to take a look and talk about uh, one of the posts. Since in the past, I have been, the past, uh, the past, my three episodes that I have before this, like I have this long history of podcasting. Um, I've been looking at where you're at and not being afraid of technology and, you know, just digging in digging into technology a little bit at a time. Be patient. Don't expect perfection. It's okay if you're not perfect because your kids can help you. So this blog post that I wrote, gosh, I think I wrote this one um, a year ago, was about analyzing emerging technologies. And um, I made... I made the point um, that if you take a little time and decide what certain tools are for and pick a few, then that'll make it easier to integrate. But also then you can go the other direction and start with what do you want to do? What's the end result? What are you hoping to achieve? What do you want your kids to to get. And that can be a long laundry list. So you might want to even start with uh, 
a long list and whittle it down, take the top three to five. Those are usually the most important, the ones that come to your mind first, the ones that you are aware your students need. And if you're not sure about that, I am a big one on needs assessment. Ask the kids what they need. And if they give you the, oh, then there's your chance to say, well, start taking a look at that. Because when you get to be my age, Sonny, people are going to come up and and help you out. I mean, they might tell you what you're doing wrong. We seem to be pretty good at that. But we're not going to, you know, come up and say, you know, you really need to work a little bit at this skill. Just a little more. Keep going. You'll be okay. When you get to be an adult, um, actually, you leave high school. And in some cases, even during high school, that goes away. So we need to we need to analyze, take a look at, reflect upon what it is we're doing, how we're going to get there, and where we're at with using tech. So if you're still getting used to it, still trying to integrate, then some of these tools that I'm about to talk about might not be what you need to, to use. Although, I think the neat thing about the tools I'm about to highlight are that you can use them at whatever level you might feel you're at or your students are at. So, let's get going. So, technology can provide tools to teach and assess. And incorporating those tools then can promote the 21st century skills, which are, I think, probably one of the better lists of skills and things to do and to promote and to achieve than I have seen in a lot of different curriculums. Sometimes curriculums are far-reaching, and that's great and everything, but those can, those can also make teachers feel like they are failures. And... Um, that's just not the case. And, uh, you know, it, if, if you're trying to provide that good learning opportunity and you're, you know, throwing out that content and achieving deeper knowledge and you don't get to something, that doesn't mean you're not a good teacher. But curriculums have a way of promoting that feeling amongst some of us. I know it, uh, they always did with me, and there was always one or two that no matter how hard I tried, it was very difficult to cover them when I'm the only music teacher in the building or only instrumental teacher in the district. So the, the tools, let's talk about the tools. The tools for either assessing or teaching. Several of these um, can be used for either learning or assessment. And uh, I think it's always in the eye of the beholder. You know, if, if you're wanting to assess and you've had good luck with the tool, give it a good look. Think about how you could utilize that tool to assess. Of course, there's always the you know, a backwards design where you are looking at what you want to do and then you work backwards till you get to the, the key elements of what you're going to do. So Wikipedia, 
Wikipedia is often a, a much maligned online source because it can be so inaccurate and poorly written. However, uh, sometimes it could be a great tool to find out what is inaccurate and poorly written and making changes. Having students create one that is accurate, finding those sources and citing them. I came across a tool uh, probably two years ago that I have always been interested in implementing or seeing a teacher implement. I've read about others using it, but I just have never, um, never found the time to make sure that I am comfortable with it and that it that I couldn't do some of the things that it does in other ways without technology. Excuse me. <clears throat> Classcraft. Classcraft is a gamification that allows for points to be uh, awarded or taken away uh, based upon homework and behavior and, and so forth, uh, you know, classroom management. But the kids create characters and the characters, um, you can group them and then the groups can do what is classified as battles, but I but I think that comes uh, in with uh, assessment or um, uh, you know deepening learning, additional activity, and it keeps points and uh, the characters are um, much like say uh, uh, I'm showing my age now Dungeons and Dragons, knights, wizards those types of characters. So, you know, check it out. I think it's, uh, I think it's an awesome tool for classroom, uh, K through eight particularly, but I'm sure and there's going to be, there's going to be plenty of you who are creative enough to find other uses for it. How about Padlet? Have you used it? I know that's becoming more popular. I see that more and more and more on Twitter and on, um, uh, different posts and professional groups and articles. You need to look at this if you haven't. Um, it has many opportunities for you to decide how you want to use it. That's one thing I like about Padlet, and there's some tools like it, that it's not just a, a, a one-trick pony, so to speak, a one-shot deal. Um Google Documents tends to be pretty much what's on that page, although you're starting to see add-ons that you can add. Um, I think I've seen where you can add a slide from a Google slide presentation to to a Google Doc. You know, they're starting to create some add-ons to make it a little more versatile. But a Google Doc is pretty much a doc. And Padlet is a pad, but you you can put so much on it and you can ask questions and you can group them and the kids could group them or you could share them and people can, the kids can then like or star them. Um, so you get the whole gamification, keep it fun and light, or you could have them do a fairly in-depth, serious project and like kids peer review. Something to think about. Canva. C-A-N-V-A. 
Um, I know this one's pretty popular. I know I've been to many uh, conferences where I've seen this tool highlighted and articles and so forth, but this is really great for making posters and um, uh, logos, all kinds of already prepared themes, templates. Pretty easy to use, free. The great four-letter word, free. I used it for my own personal creation of the uh, logo for this podcast, but I have also used it to create a schedule for the football games, which I post then on my website or uh, share it to uh, the Facebook page that, that my parent group has. Um, again, the ability to create something that is visual and engaging those terms when you start putting them all together and talking about a tool make it pretty powerful but when i talk about these tools i think most of us and myself included here i think of it as how can i use it how can i take something and and do something with this with the exception of Classcraft, you know, Wikipedia, um, Padlet, and Canva, sure, you could do something. But the question is, what could your kids do? What can your students do? And letting go and saying, here's the tool and here's what I want. Here's the rubric. Here are the expectations. If you do that, then you are starting to facilitate their learning. And when kids take control of that, we know that learning is deepened. We know that learning takes place. When they sit and listen to us, uh, the term is drone on. It's less likely. That's just the time we live in. I think it was less likely when I was a kid, but I didn't know I had, you know, there wasn't a smartphone that, I was dying to, to pull out. Uh, it was probably more something like, um, it's not tech mobile, but the little handheld football games, maybe, but I could never take that to school. I'd lose it. So I don't have that distraction. So sitting and getting back in my day, That was a little more successful method. May not be so successful now. But let me be clear. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to sit, you got to listen, and you got to understand. But I think the two kind of go hand in hand. When you train your kids to sit and listen and problem solve, that skill builds when you allow them to create on their own. So their mind is wired. Their mind is thinking that way. I think that's something that the arts give students and why the arts continue to be so in, uh, integral in the overall curriculum of any public school, any school, is it, it gives students the opportunity to develop that creativity because so often they're going into other classes and being presented knowledge and expected to soak it in and feed it back out. 
Now, not saying all teachers do that. No, no. What I what I mean is is that is the way it has been for years, and it's really hard to change that. It's really hard to just say, okay, now we're not going to do that anymore. Now we're not gonna. Now we're not going to have textbooks, and we're not going to have quizzes and tests. Everything's going to be project based. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great method. But getting people to embrace it is going to take a little time. Because we're all comfortable. I don't care if you're an old dog like me or if you're a young pup, brand new starting, or whether you've just been in for four or five years. You're comfortable doing and teaching the way that you were taught. And you saw the adults who were teaching you. You saw what they did. You're comfortable because you've seen that some of the uh, behaviors modeled over and over again. The start of class, they take attendance and say good morning and who needs lunch and who doesn't or beginning of a high school class. Okay, sit down. Here's the assignment on the board. If you have a question, I'll be here. Otherwise, you can work on that. And then 15 minutes, we're going to take a quiz. That's the way it was. So using these tools and letting go and changing how you deliver and allowing more creativity and critical thinking from the students, these tools can help you with that. And if what I'm saying doesn't really apply and you're not feeling that that would help you out much, look on Twitter, look on Facebook. I use Google Plus, a lot of good communities on there. But I also just search what's on my mind. What is, I put it right in the space bar. I don't try to come up with uh, search criteria. I remember the time when we had to come up with search, you know, a certain way to search and how you word it, and you could use Boolean searches, which are still used. But now Google search or any web browser search is much more sophisticated. So you can almost just type up what you're thinking. Why does it, why does my chair continue to creak? Which by the way, it's not because I have a stool. I changed. I couldn't stand that creaking. All right. So I kind of threw you some bones as well as talking about integrating the technology and, and ways to think. How, how do you approach? Determine your approach. But don't, don't stay true to just one way. I still go back to my tried and true methods of running a rehearsal. I still go back and, and do things the way they were done. And I find that sometimes they are more successful because I have differentiated, because I think the young brains, the young minds that are coming into our, the high school classroom need that change, need that different way of thinking, need, need to do something else, even if it's still the same overall objective, looking at the grade or the assessment the performance. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I, um, 
I encourage you to take a look at my blog, The Old Dog New Tech. I'm getting the address for you right now. OldDogNewTech.wordpress.com For more gems of tech integration thoughts, I had some posts in there uh, where I reflected at the end of the school year on PD, on what I want to teach. Some books I read this summer. I think they're awesome books. I'm not a big reader, so it was amazing. I read four books this summer and podcasts that I listen to, and they're not all educational. You take care. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>